Did you know that the human brain expresses only two fundamental emotions, love and fear? From these two, all other emotions are experienced. As Christians, we're called to live in God's love. But how do we live in love or fear? Humans can have many types of fear. There's the fear of the unknown, pain, death, and fear of choices, just to name a few. When we live in fear, we react to instead of act against our fear. But when we love, we have excitement, generosity, trust, and courage. Love strengthens and empowers, whereas fear weakens and disables. Perfect love, like a light, casts out all fear. For it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Many times, our fears can be irrational. It's like believing in the boogeyman. The devil causes us to become fearful, but God is way bigger. When we give up our fears to God, we can live a full life in love that he has prepared for us. So which will you choose, fear or love? Our Heavenly Father, many of us wake up on mornings like this, and the fears of life, the struggles, the strains, fear of the future, fear of our finances, fear of COVID, fear of sickness, fear of loved ones, problems as well. Many of these things overwhelm us. They burden us. God, if we've come in this place afraid, remind us, God, that your perfect love casts out, throws out, tosses out fear, drives it out of our lives. I want us to remember that today, God, as throughout this message series, we've been reminded your greatest promise, you never leave us or forsake us, is the reason we do not need to be afraid. For those in-house, those online that are afraid, I pray, God, you'd meet us right where we are. Whatever that fear might be, whatever that struggle might be, replace it today with a knowledge of your perfect love, our perfect relationship with you, that you came out and loved us. You came to us first, and that you forged that relationship. You drove fear out of our lives. And God, I pray that we would replace that fear with faith today and a knowledge of your love. We would trust you with whatever burdens us, concerns us, whatever cares we have, whatever we're afraid of, God. We're going to give that to you today. Father, sometimes our fear hinders our decisions and our commitments to Christ. Sometimes we, we feel like we need to know what comes next, what's around the next corner before we trust you. And God, remind us you have, you're in charge of all of it. You, you know what comes next. You know what's coming up. You know, God, what purpose you have for our lives. So again, Father, I pray today we would trust you. We would not give in to fear. We would trust you today. And Father, I pray for those in this room and at home, God, that need to make a fresh commitment to Christ, to start over with you today. And I pray for those who have never trusted Christ as their Savior, that today would be the day they would confess that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, that they would trust you to forgive them of their sins and find new life in Christ. Be with us as we go to your word today. Teach us again, God, what you want us to know. May the Holy Spirit open our hearts. May he be our teacher in all things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In just a minute, we are going to continue and close out our message series, Don't Be Afraid, How God's Greatest Promise Strengthens Your Faith. I'll come back to that in just a minute as we close it out, but I want to go ahead and let you know where we're going 
uh, after this. Of course, I mentioned next week we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Be here in-house to participate with us. If you're online, you can participate right there at home. Uh, We'll celebrate what Christ has done for us and God's greatest expression of love in Jesus Christ, the cross and the resurrection. Then after that, we're going to be starting another message series that will take us into Easter and even past Easter that I'm calling Faces in the Crowd. And uh, what we're going to look at are individuals in the Gospels that Jesus Christ met face-to-face, personally, in a crowd. He, He singles out individuals in a crowd Uh, treats them as individuals, changes their lives. They encounter the power and the love of God. They think, like we often do, we're just faces in the crowd. But God knows each one of us personally. And God meets us right where we are personally. Uh, He knows what you're going through. He knows who you are. He knows what change needs to be made in your life, what problems and issues you might have. He knows your greatest joys, your greatest victories, and your worst fears. He knows all these things and he meets you right where you are. What you're going to find out in that message series coming up in a couple of weeks is the people that met Jesus in the first century are just like us. Uh, They're people just like we are and went through a lot of the same things we go through day by day. So that's coming up. But this morning, we're going to wrap up our message series, Do Not Be Afraid, How God's Greatest Promise Strengthens Your Faith. We, we looked back at Psalm, we started this with Psalm 23. Psalm 23 lays a foundation of this truth that God is with you, and because God is with you, you do not need to be afraid. And from that, we built on that foundation with the four pillars that David the shepherd, later King David, stated in Psalm 23 that are the reasons we do not need to be afraid. That, uh, For instance, that God provides for us. We saw that God sustains us and provides for us in life. We saw that God leads us. He knows the future. And when we're afraid of the future or what comes tomorrow, God leads us into the future. And last week we saw God helps us in the moment, moment by moment in real time, because God never leaves us or forsakes us. God helps us. This morning, we're going to wrap up focusing on this. Do not be afraid. God loves you. God loves you. And we're going to look at that extraordinary love of God and and what the Bible means when the Bible says God's perfect love casts out, drives out fear from your life. Valentine's Day coming up on the 14th made me think about, uh, you know, we've all had experiences with Valentine's Day over the years. I know, I know some of you are not big fans of Valentine's Day. Some of you love Valentine's Day. Some of you forget it's Valentine's Day, whatever. But it all starts when we're little kids. You remember when you went to school as a little kid and, and your teachers encouraged you to give out Valentine cards, There's little, little notes and cards. You remember that? And do you remember as a little kid also those little candies? Some of you still like those, don't you? You get those little candies and they have little things printed on them like, I love you. And, and those ones that are printed that say, be mine. And when I was a kid, that kind of freaked me out. I, I wasn't really sure what that meant. And if, uh, and, you know, if some random kid gives you a piece of candy that says, be mine, I'm like, I don't know about that. Then as you get older, you start to understand the concept of be mine. And they get more serious about it. And you get more serious about it. And someone says, be mine, they mean I want an exclusive relationship with you. And then you really get freaked out. Until you meet the one that says, be mine. 
and you say, I will. And you're excited about it. And you want that exclusive relationship. I met my beloved 39 years ago. 40, wait a minute, I met, I met. She's looking at me like, huh? I met you 40 years ago. That's right. And this June, we will have been married 37 years. This June. A testament to her endurance. And I remember a Valentine's Day, long time ago, she hid those little Valentine cards all over the place. I'm still finding them in my sock drawer, in books, in my Bible, uh, my study Bible. They were in my office. They were literally everywhere. She hid those. And every time I found one, I, re I was reminded, she said, be mine. And I said, I will. What we find in Scripture is that God has the unique, miraculous power and capability to say to every individual, be mine. You can have an exclusive relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and yet God can do that for anyone, not just you. And he wants that relationship with anyone. And he says to you, be mine, and he's waiting for you to say, I will. And to come to him in faith through Jesus Christ and have that exclusive personal relationship with God in Jesus Christ. Do not be afraid of anything, anywhere, or anyone because God loves you. This is where King David ends Psalm 23. You'll remember that Psalm 23 ends this way, only goodness and faithful love will Pursue me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. God loves me exclusively. Now, he loves everyone that trusts him and comes to him. But David says, this goodness, this faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. It's permanent. It will never end. We've read many passages in this series uh, where we've seen over and over and over the, the Bible's promise from God that uh, because he is with us, we do not need to be afraid. Uh, here's one that we didn't study in this series, but I love this passage. Isaiah 43, starting at verse 1, the Bible says, Now this is what the Lord says, The one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. All through the Bible, God consistently professes his love for us. And through that, he reminds us that when you love him back, you trust him as your Savior, you can know he is always with you and never leaves you. This morning, our text is 1 John chapter 4, way over near the back of your Bible. If you have your Bible with you, you have your device with you here or online, look that up with me, 1 John chapter 4. This is the Apostle John, the great friend of Jesus, who was there for three and a half years walking with Jesus in his ministry, there at the cross. He was there and saw the empty tomb at the resurrection. He's the John that wrote the Gospel of John, and he's the John that writes three letters God preserved for us in the New Testament. The first of them is 1 John and we're going to start reading at chapter 4 and verse 15. John writes these words to young believers in Christ. He, he's letting believers in Christ know 
what it means to be a Christian, what it means to walk with Christ, but in particular, he lets believers know that God loves them and will never leave them and always forgive them if they will ask. So he continues that conversation, and this is what he says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. John says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. Now, as we've seen throughout the series, the first thing that God says through John is there is an exclusive relationship. This is a promise to those in relationship with God. Whoever confesses Christ as the Son of God, whoever confesses Jesus Christ as the Son of God, this promise that follows applies to them. Now, God loves all people because God created all people. But when a person professes Christ as Savior and Lord and comes into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, God has so designed that relationship that now that person has an exclusive relationship with God. Again, he loves everyone, but God himself acknowledges that it's faith in Christ that changes the life and changes that relationship. Suddenly, you have an exclusive relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And God made it that way. He designed it that way. So what what John is writing applies specifically to believers in Christ, to those who have trusted Christ as their Savior, to those who have stepped up and confessed that Jesus Christ, notice this, is the Son of God. Not Not just confessed, well, I'm a Christian, so I go to church, but confessed with their heart, their mouth, their life, that Christ is the Son of God. He is God Himself in human flesh, and there is no other. He is the one by which we come to the Heavenly Father, and there is no other. So the person who confesses that trust and that belief in Christ, God enters into an exclusive relationship with that person. And as a result of that exclusive relationship, look at verse 18. God says, you learn about love, And there is no fear in love, that is, in God's love. And every time the word love shows up in this passage, it's translating the Greek word that refers to God's unconditional, love without condition, uh, love that is sacrificial, love that is universal, love that is absolute, and love that belongs to God. There is no fear in that love. Instead, perfect love, God's love, drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. Notice what God's saying. God has preserved this for us for a reason. Notice this. Believer in Christ, if you confess Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you have connected with the love of God in an exclusive way, the complete, perfect, and absolute love of God. And God will never change that love. God will always love you. He has proven that in Christ, Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, and now your relationship with Him has demonstrated God's love for you, his unconditional, sacrificial, absolute love for you. That love, he says, as we read it, drives out fear. Uh, The term drives out, the phrase drives out is a very graphic and specific phrase, and it can be translated a number of ways. Some of your Bibles translate it, cast out fear. It's as if throwing out, this is the image, throwing out the trash. 
Casting it out of your life. Casting it out of your, your house. It's getting rid of that which inhibits your life and everything you're afraid of. Throw it out. God does that for you when He introduces you to His perfect love and you accept that love in Christ. He drives out, casts out, tosses out that fear. That means that fear is incompatible with the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let that sink in for a second. Fear in your life is incompatible with the love of God in Jesus Christ. As John is saying, as we'll see in a moment, if you get a grasp on, a handle on the love that God has for you, it drives out and gets rid of that fear. It makes real to you what God has already done. Now, when we're reading this, notice God is, is talking about relationships. So we, we've talked about God's love for you. We've talked about Him being with you. We've talked about Him driving out fear. Uh, you'll have what you need. He will lead you into the future. He helps you day by day. Here, specifically, God is concerned with relationships. God is concerned with you understanding the perfect love that He has for you, that you experience, drives out all fear you might have related to relationships in any way. John uses a specific example in this that we'll come to in just a moment. But the point is, if you know God in Jesus Christ, and because you know Him, it drives out fear that you have about relationships. And one of the greatest fears all people have is in relationships. We, we, we struggle with relationships. The Bible says that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Our old sinner selves, we often mess up relationships. We do it frequently. Or we hunt and we yearn for relationships that don't happen in our lives. We suffer rejection. Uh, we, we, we suffer heartache. Trial, struggles, broken hearts in our relationships. But that never happens with God. Because His love is the perfect love. And it drives out fear that you won't have the relationship that you're looking for. And it drives out fear especially of any rejection from God. God loves you, and His love and our fear are incompatible. Jesus once said that the only thing that a human being should ever fear in this life, in your right relationship with God, the only thing you should ever fear is God. Every other fear is unfounded and pales in comparison to God Himself. And if you are not in right relationship with God, you've got a good reason to fear God. Here the Bible says that that fear of God is driven out by the perfect love of God in Christ Jesus. So for those who confess Christ as Savior and Lord, in Jesus Christ, because of God's love, God drives out your fear. Let's look at this more closely. First, God drives out your fear because God never leaves you. God never leaves you. God's love drives out your fear because God never leaves you. John says, God remains in him and he in God, that is, the believer in Christ. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. The first is an established fact. God remains in him and he in God. The term can be translated as abide. God abides in him and he in God. It could be translated as lives. God lives in him and he in God. It, it, it pictures a permanent relationship between the two. In the Gospel of John in chapter 15, which I, I believe John himself is echoing here, he's probably thinking about it as he writes this letter, Jesus told the disciples 
that their relationship with God was an abiding, remaining relationship. And if they would abide in Christ, as Christ abides in them, that they would uh, be in a permanent relationship with God. It's like the vine to the branches, meaning your spiritual nutrition, your very life comes from Him when you abide in Him. And here John nails it down even more. He says that in that relationship with God, He remains in you and you remain in Him. There's no reason to fear in your relationship with God because He remains in you and you remain in Him. You abide in Him. It's an expression of a permanent relationship. Then John says, and because of that, he means, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. When you live in that permanent abiding relationship, you're remaining in Him and He's remaining in you. You know what you start to learn more about? You start to learn more about the love of God. You start to fear less in life and in relationships and you learn more. You come to know and believe even more God's love for you. So when you hit a skid and you say, oh no, I messed up, oh no, I've sinned, what you find out is when you come back to God, He still loves you. What did you learn? You learned that the Bible's true, that the Bible's right, that God is faithful and righteous to forgive you when you confess your sins. You learned the Bible's true and the Bible's right, that God is never, He never leaves you, He always is with you, He always loves you. You have no fear in that relationship, even if sometimes you mess up. If you come back to Him and confess that, you find that He's there. He's always loved you. God's love drives out fear because God never leaves you. If you have been abandoned in a human relationship, let this be driven home in your heart. God never leaves you. God never leaves you. He never abandons you. He never forsakes you. He never leaves you in any way. It's a permanent relationship when you confess Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Uh, several years ago, we had new countertops put in our kitchen, and not long ago, one of those little corner pieces popped off. Uh, it needed to be glued back on. Now, what I could have done is I could have gone in the garage and I could have gotten Elmer's wood glue, and that's a temptation, isn't it? You want to just saturate the glue on there, just soak it on there and put that wood glue on there and then, then wipe it clean and hope it holds. Mm, but it probably wouldn't. And I could have just gone to the craft closet in the box and, and gotten craft glue. It's not like an Elmer's craft glue and just pasted that stuff in there. What about rubber cement? You get rubber cement and put that in there. Uh, the problem is those are all, they're all glues for a purpose, but they're the right, not the right kind of glue for a permanent bond, which is what you want or what I wanted. I really didn't want to have to do that again. So I went to Lowe's and I bought Gorilla Glue. Even the name means it's going to stay. In fact, it makes you a little scared. Gorilla Glue. And the cool thing is I didn't have to buy very much of it. Just, just a little, little tube of it went in there. Impressed my wife. Put that Gorilla Glue on. Didn't take much at all. Press that in. And there it stays. It will survive the apocalypse. <laughs> Human love ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's unpredictable, and sadly, sometimes human, human love lets us down. We want it to be like love that stays and love that glue, is glued to our lives. But we fight, we quarrel, we struggle, we let one another down. Sometimes we break each other's hearts, and sadly, sometimes we leave. 
The love of God in Jesus Christ is the glue that sticks. It's the love that stays. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And he never will. You don't have to be afraid of that. I say, well, Pastor Bob, you, you have no idea what I've done. No, but God does. And his promise is still a promise to you. Trust Christ. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. And he never leaves you. He always loves you. The second thing that drives out fear because of God's love in Jesus Christ, we see this here, because of God's love in Christ, he drives out your fear because God always accepts you. He never leaves you, and he always accepts you. Now, this is actually why John is talking about the subject at hand. Uh, did you notice what he said to these young believers? Because no doubt, they're, you know, being young in the faith, being young believers, they're wondering, well, what's it going to be like when we show up at judgment, when, when God judges our sin? Can we trust this love of God in Christ to, to carry us through? Verse 17 in this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Now, now, John is carrying through a point he's been making in the whole letter. That when you come to God, you have that relationship with Christ, you come to God in Christ, you confess your sin, you're realistic about who you are, you find that God is there. He's, he has not left you, he's always there. And when you find that he's there, you find that he accepts you. But not because of you, because of Christ. You trust Christ as your Savior, it's Jesus that God sees. See, God does judge our sin. He does judge our sin. And the Bible says that the wrath of God is on everyone who is a sinner apart from Christ. He judges that sin. But when you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior and you enter into that exclusive relationship with God in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that He sees Christ now. You remain in Him. He remains in you. He's forgiven you of that sin. So when you stumble and crumble and fall, you come back to Him, you find that He's there. And you find that He accepts you. When you come to God in faith at any time, He accepts you just as you are. Now, John is talking about judgment, that final moment when we will all stand before God and give an account of our lives to God. And the believer in Christ wonders, will I make it through that? So, so John reassures us, because you are in Christ, you can have confidence at the judgment, not fear. You don't need to be afraid. You can be confident at the judgment. The word translated confident means, listen, you can speak up. You can show up in God's presence and you can speak up. The Bible tells us elsewhere we have that same kind of confidence in prayer. We can come to the throne of God in Jesus Christ. And when you pray, guess what? You can speak up. You can talk to your God because you have a relationship with God in Jesus Christ. It drives out any fear that God won't hear you, that God won't love you, that God won't accept you. It drives out that fear because your God is there. He always loves you. And he will accept you in Christ. It's in Christ and because of Christ that that fear is driven out. Human beings, hey, let's admit it, we struggle with acceptance. We struggle with knowing whether or not we will have the kind of people in our lives who love us no matter what, who will accept us uh, no matter our, our issues or conditions or problems or situations or, or mistakes we make. Is there someone in your life that will love you that much? You can always know that God in Jesus Christ loves you that much. Never be afraid. When he promised to love you in Christ, he always follows through 
with that. You notice John says at the end of verse 17, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Once you came into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are in Christ, and God accepts you as in Christ. You're forgiven. Then last, because of Christ, fear is driven out, and God completely frees you. God completely frees you. For what? For relationships with each other. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. We express unconditional, absolute love toward one another because he did that for us, and we've experienced that complete love of God in Jesus Christ. Here's what God means. He makes believers in Christ, you who follow Christ, he makes you a conduit of his love, his sacrificial, unconditional love. He makes you a conduit to other people, especially believers in Christ, other believers in Christ. God takes us very realistically, doesn't he? He knows sometimes we grumble, we complain, we might argue. Sometimes we're tempted to divide up in the church, to, to have factions, and he knows all this stuff. And we look at each other and we say, how can I love someone that's done this, that's said that? How can I love them? He says, well, because God has loved you, you love them the same way. Because God is in you, he remains in you, you love them with God's love. And don't be afraid to do it. You know, one of the reasons we don't love people and love one another, one of the reasons that we are so quick to argue or to fight or take a stand or, or turn a discussion into a competition, one of the reasons we do that is we don't trust each other. We want to get the higher ground. We want to get the upper hand. We want to be able to, to prove that we're right. But what God reminds us of is, is honestly, we're rarely right, but he's always right. <laughs> And he reminds us that all relationships are in his hand. He has set us free. We know that he accepts us. We know that he loves us. We know that he never leaves us. We know that he stays with us. We know that he walks through our relationships with us. We don't need to be afraid of loving one another. We don't need to be afraid of loving someone. We don't need to be afraid of trusting somebody. If we love them the way God loves us, it sets us free to truly love one another. That's what God calls us out to do. Sure, you might have problems with people. There might be people here or elsewhere that, in the church family or elsewhere that maybe you have a hard time getting along with, and that's understandable. But the extraordinary thing about the love of God is it sets you free to love them as Christ loved you. It sets you free to say, they don't have to be perfect for me to love them. They don't even have to be right for me to love them. And, and, and if there's a conflict between us, it's not a competition for me to win. It's a time for us to bond in Christ and to remind one another, you know, Jesus loves us and, and drives out all fear. So in this relationship, we're going to trust each other and we're going to love one another the way God wants us to love one another. We started with this baptism this morning, an outward symbol of an inward event, a, a time when the believer in Christ cements their relationship with Christ publicly and shows all of us and all the world that they trust Christ as their Savior, that they rise up out of the water in new life in Christ, but also they rise up out of the water no fear in following Christ, no fear of being rejected by God, no fear that one day God will wake up and no longer love them, that God will suddenly realize the person that they are, and say, I had no idea you'd done those things, thought those thoughts, said those words. No fear in that. 
because there's no fear in love. And as John says, if you're afraid, if you're a believer in Christ and, and you're afraid of God, afraid of relationships, afraid of the future, afraid of walking in Christ, you really don't understand that his love is made complete in Christ. And he loves you that much. He'll never leave you. He'll always accept you. And he sets you free to love others in Christ. The baptism is kind of like a wedding ring, an outward expression. We call it in a wedding of, a, of, a, of an inward grace of what God has done for us. The baptism is that moment of that vow when we say, yes, I follow Christ. And I hope that you know in this room and at home that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. I hope you know that you have confessed Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the Lord and Savior of your life. You have no doubt about that. If you doubt that at all, in a moment I'm going to pray with you to nail that down. To say, I trust Christ. He is the Son of God, the one and only. And He has called me out to an exclusive love relationship with Him. And I'm not going to be afraid anymore of coming to God. I'm not going to be afraid anymore of other relationships. I'm just going to trust Christ as my Savior. Let Him remain in me and work through me. I hope you'll do that, and I'll pray with you to do that in a minute. Now, believers in Christ, maybe you're here at home as well, in-house or at home, and, and, and you know that you've trusted Christ, but you still live as if you're afraid that God won't love you. And you live as if you're afraid other people won't love you. You've got to prove yourself. You lack trust in other people. I want to challenge you this morning as I pray it in just a minute to let that go and to trust God, to take care of your relationships, to always love you, to always know that He accepts you. And it could be, believer in Christ, you're hiding some things in your life, some pockets and crevices you think are in the dark. I want you to know if you'll confess those to God today, He'll cleanse you. He's ready to accept you and ready to walk with you and to be with you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray first, God, for those of us who are believers in Christ, we thank you for this reminder, God, that your perfect relationship with us drives out fear. We have nothing to fear in our relationship with you since we've trusted Christ as our Savior. We have confessed him as the Son of God and the Lord and Savior of our lives and of creation. So God, forgive us if we if we've have expressed fear. If we've thought for just one minute, God, that you wouldn't accept us or love us. But God, we know that you do. And God, forgive us if we haven't trusted you enough to love other people. Help us, God, through our trust and through our love and through the love we've experienced with you. Help us to love one another. I pray for those relationships in my own life as well as in the church family and people at home right now. Help us in those relationships to apply the love of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we praise you for that love. We praise you, God, for that grace. We praise you for that reminder. Your perfect love, your relationship drives out fear. I pray for those this morning, God, and want to pray with those who have never confessed Christ as the Son of God, their Lord and their Savior. And as I, as I pray this prayer out loud, God, I pray for that one in-house or that one in home that would today say yes to you. You've asked for that exclusive relationship in Christ, and today they say yes, yes. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I am. I know, God, that I can't fix my own life. I know, God, that I've, I've made a mess of things, but I know more than anything else that your word is true when you say that I'm a sinner. When you say that I've been dis disobedient to you, I know that it's true. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I cannot save myself. 
And Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, for my sins, and that you're alive today, raised from the grave, so that I could have eternal life. So Jesus, today I confess you are the Son of God, Lord and Savior. And I ask you, Christ, to come into my life to save me, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a home in heaven. I ask you, Christ, to come into my life and I say yes to that exclusive relationship with God in Jesus Christ. Father, for those in house and at home that have prayed with me this morning either to renew their walk with Christ or for the first time decision to follow Christ, God, I pray we would follow through in that commitment today. And we would not let another day go by that we don't tell someone about our faith, that we don't confess to someone that we have followed Christ. We learn to pray. We read His Word. We grow in grace and grow in the love of God in Christ. Help us to learn more about it, to know it, and to believe it, and to live in the love and the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for our other needs and decisions this morning, whatever those might be, as we transition into a time of following through with those decisions. God, put it on our hearts to take those simple, basic steps of faith to follow through in the decisions we've made today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.